Hello and welcome to the MTD Podcast. My name is Joe Reynolds and I'm today's host. I have 25 years experience in manufacturing, from design and manufacture to application and sales and ultimately marketing engineering related products. Joining me today, we have two work holding experts who collectively have over 45 years experience. Firstly, Giovanni Albanese, who is MTD's go-to expert in the world of work holding. During Gio's illustrious career, he's either been using, selling, or marketing some of the world's finest work holding solutions. And finally, Tony Gunn, who is speaking to us from the USA. Tony has worked in the world of manufacturing for 20 years. His knowledge of the industry comes from starting on a press machine and then moving into programming and eventually managing and traveling over 50 countries, offering technical know-how and building strong relationships. Tony's passion for manufacturing comes from an innate desire for creativity, honesty, and being authentic. Working in fields of manufacturing, Tony has a deep knowledge of how to machine the majority of materials on three, four, and five-axis machines. One of his greatest attributes is the ability to create awareness for efficiency while keeping costs low and success very high. Tony was the vice president of Air Turbine Spindles for nearly a decade and now works as international sales and marketing engineer at Fifth Axis Workholding, who are considered one of the world's leader in workholding. It's also worth stating that Tony lives in California and regularly posts content on social media and makes the rest of us jealous in terms of the wonderful climate over there in a good old USA. Gentlemen, a very warm welcome to both of you. Tony, how are things in the USA? Long time no speak. It has been. It's been too long, Joe. You know, the last time we uh, had the real privilege to talk to one another, you were buzzing by at Emo, uh, recording everyone as uh, as famous as you are on a regular basis with with MTD. Um, but Cal- uh, California, to be fair, is always beautiful. I think it's tough to argue that, except uh, sometimes it's a bit dry with no rain. But um, I-, I think that we would have opposite complaints with the se- sense that there in the UK, you have all four seasons every single day. So uh, we'll straight places from time to time so we can have equal balance into what's going on in our weather. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. And Gio, I haven't caught up with you for a while. How are things with you? <laughs> Hiya, Joe. Hiya, Tony. Great to great to be on this podcast. Really well, thank you, Joe. Um, it's it's definitely different at the minute. We're all adapting and changing, but yeah, I can't complain at all. Um, yeah, it's, we, we'll talk about it, I'm sure, through this podcast. But you know, the di- diversification in the way we all work, whether we're in the UK or America, um, has, has certainly changed things up. Yeah, no, for sure. So, Tony, back to you for. For the uh, the one or two people listening to this who don't know you are, the majority will. But for the people who don't, just give us a ninety second breakdown of who you are, you know what you're up to, and where you've come from. Ah, uh, sure, ninety seconds. We're gonna have to talk really fast. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, I came. I come from the world of manufacturing. Started out on accident, actually, uh, working in a precious metal jewelry type of place, and I push a couple of buttons, and a piece of steel would come down. And, and punch a hole in a piece of gold, let's say, and it would be a washer. And that washer would eventually turn into uh, a wedding band that you wear today. And um, at that point in my life, I was considered in the top 5% of understanding how to machine platinum. But I think that's probably because there's only five people in the world that machine platinum. So give, give or take what you want with that. Um, but after I moved on from there, I moved into like the world of woodworking. So I got to play with 
you know, different things like maple and oak and, you know, cherries and mahoganies and things like that and understanding how to machine that on router machines. And then uh, once I moved on from there, I went into the world of steels and ink canals at a place called Super Radiator Coils, which then uh, at that time I was in Virginia, which is a bit chillier in the wintertime than somewhere like Florida. So picked up all my stuff, moved to Florida and got hired by a great company called Air Turbine Tools, which uh, allows your machines to go, you know, up to 90,000 RPM. And that's any machine with the main machine spindle staying static. And I spent a good decade with them and really had the great opportunity to travel to over 50 countries and learn more than I can possibly remember. Uh, and then, you know, during this this time of, of unusual circumstance this year, there was this wonderful opportunity to learn a bit more about the manufacturing industry and jump into the area of work holding. So I now have the great privilege to work in the international market with uh, Fifth Access Work Holding, which is based in San Diego. Yeah. And it's uh, how, how are you settling in? Oh, wow. You know, the great thing about people in general, from my perspective, is that if you treat them with respect, they do the same for you. And a long time ago, I learned that there are a lot of egos in this industry. So I decided to just kind of do more of a meditative style. So I don't go into any relationship thinking I know everything. I prefer to go in saying, please teach me what you know. And if I can offer you something as well, I'm happy to. And as soon as I walked into the doors, the, the personality types were very similar to that. So we'll have really intelligent people sitting in a boardroom discussing, you know, opportunities of growth and innovation and, and what we can do to make any type of work holding better. And there's no ego. There's Everyone says at the end of the meeting, that was really great. Thanks for, you know, teaching me that kind of thing. So settling in has been second nature. It's been really easy. And I'm grateful for that. Good. Good. That's, uh, that's good to hear. So if, if we get down to business, if you like, uh, Gia, if I come to you first, uh, I know we've talked, uh, talked about this uh, at length in the recent Swarf and Chips, in fact, but how important is work holding in the machining process? Of course, we're going to say it's important, but you know the, the amount of places we go and they've got a, a, a 200,000 pound machine and a, and a 500 pound vice, one vice just sat in the middle of the table. You know, it, it's crazy, isn't it? So how important is work holding to the machining process? It's an it's an integral part of the machining process, Joe. In my opinion, it's just as important as the machine tool itself. Um, and, and the reason being is, is in a machining process, you're only as strong as the weakest link. We always say it, Joe. And if you're not holding a part securely, um, it doesn't matter if you've gone and purchased a, a machine worth a million pounds, you're going to get vibration. You're not going to be able to cut that part um, and hit it as hard as you'd like to hit it because you're not holding the part securely. So you're going to have to lay off with your feeds and speeds. You'd have to, you, you, you just, you're not going to get the same surface finish. Um, you're going to incur lots and lots of problems. So you'd be better off buying a, a lesser machine, if you like, and getting the best work holding solution on that machine that adds value to the machine tool and you probably get better results. The, the work holding not only uh, plays a big part in holding the part securely, but also the advantage, advantages that it can make in regards to presenting more parts to the spindle, utilising the machine tool envelope. Um, you know, for the smallest investment, in my opinion, you get the best return of investment. Well, spoke like a man that used to sell work holding. Tony, what do you think? <laughs> 
I just I, I wanted to just completely agree with what Gio just said. Um, you know, we used to do domestic tours where we were uh, traveling around just trying to educate people on exactly what Gio was talking about. And the number one thing that pops up, the number one monster, the number one um, trial and tribulation that we all go through in order to truly co- create success when you're machining a part. And that goes for almost any material. And I say almost only because I can't think of all the materials right now, but I'm sure there's someone out there who would go, well, not that one. You know, there's always that guy that can point out that one, right? But no, Geo's correct. And what we used to talk about was the overall rigidity of everything. And that starts from the machine spindle to the tool holder that the holder that, that's holding the cutting tool to the cutting tool itself with the collet that's going to hold it, whether it's a shrink fit or like an ER32 collet or something like that, to the work holding, to the rigidity of the machine table before, you know, say the bearings start going bad or something like that. If these pieces are not rigid, and just to reiterate what Gio said, you're losing tool life because you're creating chatter. You're not having that, that, that rigidity that you need. The depth of cut and the feed rate will both be dramatically reduced because what you're going to do without the rigidity is force the part out of the vise itself. And overall, your quality of part and your cycle time are just not going to be sufficient enough to compete in a world where everyone else is upgrading their work holding situation along with machines and tooling and tool holding and everything that goes along with it, rigidity is that beast that we all have to do better at if we're going to create that success that we want in machining. Yep, for sure. And Fifth fifth Axis, you're one of a dozen or more uh, work holding manufacturers of what what I would call premium. I don't mean premium in price, I mean premium in performance. But, you know, when I first come across Fifth Axis, crikey, that was quite some time ago. it was what I call dovetail technology. I think I think we know what that means collectively, but maybe you can just talk us through the old philosophy of a machining a dovetail to be able to hold to essentially machine the core components only. We sure can. Um, and and to be fair, uh, dovetail work holding the understanding of the mathematics of why it's so rigid is not rocket science. It's something the Egyptians used to do back in the day. This is. This is not a new concept of, that something Fifth Axis invented, but it is something that Fifth Axis can arguably say had perfected. And all you're really doing is taking a 45 degree angle and you're taking that, that angle and now you're going pushing in and down on that workpiece, which creates such a reliable uh, work holding surface that pretty much nothing can move from it. And like I said, this has been done for thousands of years and it's not brand new. But it is something that matters when you get into those harder materials. And we could, we'll probably discuss it further, of course, about the difference between just using a standard gripper or even just a vice that has no teeth on it whatsoever. And the difference between, you know, holding, you know, four millimeters of material versus, you know, 20 millimeters of material and the material savings that goes along with it. When you deal with a 45 degree dovetail work holding, you've now created the most rigid piece that you can create with a minimal amount of material that needs to be held so you can save the amount of material that you're ordering from your stock person, right? So now you're saving also on that side of things. And the dovetail vise itself um, is actually less expensive than one of the self-centering vices that you'll see on the market today. So you can do this in a cost-effective way that's going to have a quick ROI with everything you're doing. And in doing this... um, 
we recently had a customer who paid for his dovetail setup on a fourth axis or three plus one within five days. And it was just because he was able to create a more rigid environment that allowed him to machine deeper and faster and pay for, you know, $10,000. And I know we're talking, you know, UK, so maybe seven, 8,000 pound. It was paid for in a week. And this is the significance of what this rigidity can do and the dovetail can do. Uh, Geo, obviously you used to sell lots of different solutions. Did you ever offer a dovetail product? No, no, we didn't, Joe. Um, and, and I can remember when kind of um, Fifth Axis made its its entrance into the UK market. Um, there were other kind of centric gripper providers at the time where you had kind of um, stamping solutions or, or kind of you could actually kind of um, – bite into the material through the torque of the actual vice and and dovetailing at the time albeit like tony mentioned it, it it's not new but i could see the reasons why um this solution was offered because effectively the the component cannot come out of the work holding really unless something drastically went wrong um and when you're holding on you know when you're holding on again like Tony says, you're looking to hold on minimal excess material, three mil, for example, Joe. Um, it's not a lot of material to hold on, so you need to ensure that you, you, you that the component's not going to fly out. Not only will it scrap the part, it could do damage to your machine tool um, too. And, and with that system, you know, it, it, you know, you can, as an engineer, you can see how it works. It it it, it works. Um, lots of different ways in which to skin a cat, obviously. Um, but yeah, the, the fifth act is not only um, am I impressed with the product. I've, I've definitely, I'm definitely impressed, Tony, with how it's evolved over the years from when I first seen it, and that's only going back maybe seven years ago. I mean, not only from a product perspective, but how the product range has evolved um, and how it's been branded and marketed as well. Yeah, no, no, for sure, and it. it, it... As I say, that that's essentially what I knew uh, Fifth Axis for, for. But over recent years, maybe not. You may tell me different, Tony. But now you're you're in the mix with uh, all the other all the other work holding providers offering other solutions, like Gio mentioned, self centering vices. That is certainly here in the UK. That is definitely more popular than the dovetail uh, cutter. Maybe we can talk about the reasons why later. But yeah, so you're now offering self centering. So so why offer both? Oh, well, you, if you're going to be the most innovative, you know, work holding, as we would argue on the planet or the most creative, you want to be able to adapt to either what people are comfortable with, um, but also offer them situations that take them out of their comfort zone, but also may create better results. So if, if you're not doing what people are comfortable with, then a lot of times you'll get immediately ignored. And I'm going to tell you a short story, if you don't mind. I walked into a machine shop one time, and I'm not going to name the machines because um, I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and label the the best and the worst and the mediums and all that kind of stuff. But I walked into a machine shop one time that had about 20 of the lower cost, great machines, but lower cost machines, and then they had one machine that was worth easily a million dollars. The one machine was not being used, and I asked them why, and they had a nickname for it, and it's not meant to be in a negative way. It's just how it can be easily described. They called it the bastard machine because the programmers feared using it. And it was better in every single way, but because they didn't know how to use it, it was going unused. And so they'd have to bring in and hire someone specifically for this one machine, which could do five 
uh, of the other machine's workload in the same single day. But you have we have to make sure in our environment, and MTD does an amazing job at this. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Gio. Everyone else on your team of educating people because I've found that the reason people typically don't buy something, it's not because they don't want to be better. It's because it's it's not understood or the technology itself is feared. And when that happens to be the case, we shy away from it. And then going back to the ego, like we talked about before, a lot of us aren't ready to ask questions which admit that we don't know something. So we stick to what we're used to because the comfort zone is where a lot of us like to reside. And if you've ever seen that meme, nothing grows in the comfort zone and everything gets way better as soon as we leave it. So so we do a little bit of everything. So those self-centering vices, our self-centering vices also come standard with the dovetail. So if you order a self-centering vice, you can use the grippers if you want for the softer materials like the aluminums, the plastics, the graphites, things like that. Then you get into the harder stuff. You can you can use those that same self-centering vice and start machining the inconels and t- titaniums and the cast steels and the things that are a real pain in the butt to cut where you need that rigidity more so than you need in like a 6061 aluminum or something like that. But we do try to cater to everyone because not only our personalities are different, but every country works different. If I do something in the U.S., I might be able to mimic similarly in the UK, maybe similarly in Germany, but that same process is not going to happen in Thailand and in the Philippines and in somewhere like Argentina or Chile. So in order to incorporate a type of work holding style that makes people feel comfortable, but also creates the rigidity that's going to create success is the reason why we continue to innovate and make something better and better and better with every day that goes by. Yeah, sir. What you're trying, what you're trying to say in in five words, really, is uh, well, not horses for courses, isn't it? What what what's right for one company might not be right for another. That could be down to the material, could be down to the component, or it could just be the, the comfort factor for the the guy or girl on on the machine. You're used to using self-centering standard vices, and that's how they uh, that's how they wish to um, that's how they wish to continue. So, how, how would you sell these vices, Joe, if you were back on the road selling work holding? What would be you know, in, in your because obviously the downsides are obvious to dovetail um, work holding, but how would you sell it? Well, firstly, in my opinion, I, I, I love the statement that Tony just made there. I think the analogies that he used in regards to education and, and the ego are so, so true in our industry. I think it's something that we all need to overcome and it is the biggest barrier to entry. And I think we saw that in the UK with automation and, and the adoption of some of the emerging technologies have not been adopted exactly because of, of what Tony said, not just for work holding. Um, how I'd sell it in the UK, Joe, I think it's dead easy, really. I think it, it kind of sells itself. And I think that, you know, um, how the, the product now uh, has been branded and how simple it is to to be able to see they've done it you tony you've done a great job on 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 the branding and the marketing because you've you've made it so visual you've introduced a lot of new zero point features which i absolutely love um and it's just completely simplified um the way in which you can sell it it's so modular 
And I'd probably sell it on the modular aspects for me. I think that whether you've got a three axis machine and you're putting it onto a fourth axis rotary table on a uh, three axis machine with a, like a kind of a trunnion kind of assembly and, and effectively you're turning your three axis then into a, a single pallet horizontal or whether you're loading it onto a fifth axis machine, you know, as, as a one vice solution, or if you're using kind of your pyramid configuration where you can present three centric grippers to the spindle or even another little tombstone. I think that the modular aspects that have been brought into play now with fifth axis weren't there originally when I first see it, seen it uh, being introduced into the UK market. And um, I think not only does it do the job, it also looks um, very very attractive as well and very appealing um and like i say I, I can't really knock it joe i think there's there's a few things for me tony that i'd like to touch upon and, and ask you really in regards to what you do showcase about fifth axis is is predominantly for op one work um, and not second op work and also tony what solutions do you have uh, when it comes to automation maybe do you have a pneumatic uh, fifth axis solution up your sleeve? <laughs> Good questions. Uh, so, yeah, we we love to show off those tabs Tuesdays, right? I know you've seen the video where it's one and done. You, you know, you have that one operation. It's You can do it on a five axis machine. You could even do it on like a three plus one type of thing or three plus two. Um, so we love it. And, and in doing so, if you program effectively, the cycle time is dramatically reduced because you're not having to do a secondary or a third setup. Um, you don't have to necessarily touch off, which some people don't have to do anymore. Thanks to what you were talking about, about these, you know, quick change systems and having these, you know, pre-coordinate pre-coordinates um, already programmed out. Um, but when we do a second op, a lot of our second op, we have these uh, anti-lift aluminum jaws that are machinable. So let's say that you have a a strange looking part where you've done, you know, 90% of the work on op one, but you got to flip that bad boy over and get, get rid of, uh, you know, whatever's on the back end and maybe do some detail work on that, on that second side. We have these anti-lift jaws that are extremely strong. We have videos showing um, just how capable they are of keeping material from moving for that second op, which is a lot of times what someone will do. Um, and I'll get into automation in just a second, but you hit the nail on the head again. I think you and I should be best friends. Um, <laughs> uh, when you, I, would, <laughs> I would never do that. We should all be, you know what I mean? But um, but when, but you're right. The main difference these days is uh, that we're able to reduce the setup and changeover times by 80 to 95%. And that comes from these quick change systems. And like you already mentioned, on a three-axis machine, on a trunnion, on a five axis, where you can literally have a, a vice set up outside the machine. You just you take the one vice out of the machine, put the new piece in, you hit go. You're within a couple of microns of the original setup from just changing a vice out thanks to these quick change systems. So in order and able to do this, the the setup time is obviously drastically reduced, which I've you know reiterated a couple of times. And one of my favorite partners, his name is uh, the company's name is Martin Trunnion Tables. And his slogan is stop handling, start machining. And that's his big thing is we now have these opportunities to lay out all of our machine tables with these quick change systems. And we can do it on a tombstone. We can do it on a trunnion. We can do it on a three axis where we don't have to set up a new job every single time. 
So we're now moving a lot quicker in that manufacturing overall process. And then if we have the affordability or the space or whatever it might be to hop into the automation side of things, now you're taking that quick change system and just pretty much adding air to it, right? You still have the same amount of quality, the same amount of precision that you've had before in a mechanical style work holding, but now you're letting a robot do it for you, which means I can go to bed at night and hopefully sleep really well knowing that when I get in the next day, I've finished all 100 parts that I needed to finish. Um, as far as automation, we have been testing it for three to four years now, and it will be released. Our style of automation will be released. Um, I want to say in the next month, but I heard that last month. It should be, I mean, we're working on pricing now. It's coming right around the corner. If you go to our website right now and you go on products, you go to the automation tab, it says automation options coming soon. Contact us for updates. We've actually already shipped out product to some of our partner companies to make sure they're satisfied with what's going on. We're checking to make sure the grippers are able to hold certain amount of weights because we don't want anything to break. We don't want anyone to get in any sort of trouble. But automation through Fifth Exus is right around the corner. So you don't have to hold your breath much longer. We're getting into it real, <laughs> real quick. Brilliant stuff. Good, good question, Jay. Talking about uh, getting a good night's uh, sleep, Tony, between you guys, you've got 45 years experience and Tony, you only look 25, so Gio, that puts you at around about 50. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Gio looks, Gio looks younger than I do. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Come we're just on. You're, you're, the only man, you're the only man I know who's getting younger. <laughs> well, we, we won't get into that part too much. That's a completely different podcast, but that's also because I own a natural healing company. So you let me know when you want to start Benjamin buttoning yourself and I'll hook you up with some natural herbs and we'll do all right. Well, for, well, funny, I, did, I, did, I did see on LinkedIn, so I did wonder if you'd be able to shoehorn it in. But, uh, <laughs> just obviously we're based here in the UK with a, with a global footprint. People will be wa uh, watching and they won't. They'll be listening to this around the world. But if, if we talk, um, talk about Europe, talk about the UK, how can people find out more about uh, Fifth Axis products and obviously – I guess you're available should they want help over Skype or email, but presumably you've got people closer to home UK now. Sure. Sure. Um, Jason short at YMT. Jason short is our guy. He's um, he's been with fifth access. Don't quote me. I want to say six, seven years now. And uh, the UK is actually the uh, strongest and longest lasting country that we've worked with since going international. So the original plan was to dominate the U.S. market, which, you know, arguably we have done that. Um, there's some other great products out there, but in the U.S., the run CNC marketing that Matt Evans came up with, everyone loves the shirt. You get the swag, you get the hat, you get the mug. Everyone loves that kind of stuff, right? And in in true authentic, authentic form, authentic, I'm saying it correctly. No, I'm not. Anyway, yeah, I know you, you, know, you know what I'm trying to say. In, <laughs> in true authenticity, uh, we've only dove into the the real full international market in the last year to three years. So there was the first emo, the one before the last one um, that you and I met. We're talking at Joe and we did that interview. So that was the very first emo that Fifth Axis has ever done. And wow. previously at Air Turbine, I had already done this, you know, half a dozen times along with a hundred other shows. And I've seen you at just about all the shows as well. So Internationally, we'd seen a lot, but this was new to Fifth Axis. So getting in the world in Asia, that's only a year old. The world of Europe, we're looking at two to three years. So it's still quite young 
And I get a lot of times people go, I know your product so well because you have 109,000 followers on Instagram, but I didn't know I, I didn't know I could buy it here. So now that people are starting to understand that we've expanded into these markets, the, the growth and expansion in each of the countries around the world is happening quickly. And a lot of that is due to the fact that our marketing plan is a unique marketing plan um, that allows for the youth to participate in a place where they didn't really get to participate before because a lot of sales was either door to door. I know my distributor. I know my rep. Let's go visit the, the customer kind of a thing. A lot of face to face operation. And a lot of the younger guys, they like to study something before they ever visit a person. So they like the LinkedIn, the Instagram, the Facebook, the Twitter, the YouTube. They want to watch these videos. And so through this digital marketing media, which now COVID has forced us all to do, we were already built and structured for it. So we can be found on all these media platforms with a very significant following. And behind that run CNC, that fun activity, the fact that if you're talking about a, a, a high quality U.S. product, but comes from a fun place like San Diego, you're combining. And I think Gio mentioned this, that it's fun to look at as well. It's because it's blue and gold and red and black. And these things are exciting for people to show off. So the combination of all of those aspects have really helped the growth in the international market. And I would say we're pretty easy to find. We have partners all over the world um, and especially in the UK. Uh, Jason Short does an amazing job. So if he decides to listen to this podcast, um, just a shout out to him. Thank you, Jason. You do awesome. And uh, we look forward to continuing to work in the UK and growing in the UK as well. So mm -hmm. that's, that's pretty much that. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, when are you, uh, when you come to the UK, obviously COVID's a pain in the pain in the behind, as we all know, it's trans transformed how we, how we, well, not so, us, us so much, but manufacturing, it's transformed how companies go to market. You know, when you, I, I did see you on an aeroplane not many weeks ago on LinkedIn. When, when's that aeroplane heading this way? Well, um, not to sound like that jerk because I'm on neither side of the fence of it. it it's become a political thing and we're not going to get into that. But I've always protected myself through natural health and I've never really had fear. And if I get sick, I hope, my, I hope the best for myself. So if I've actually, since March, probably been on 30 flights. A lot of them are domestic. But as soon as you guys allow me to come to the UK, I've already talked to my guys about budgeting. I've already talked to Jason. Actually, I was on a Zoom meeting with him yesterday morning. I'm ready to come. You, I'm ready to be there yesterday because I miss the UK. I miss hanging out in London and heading over, you know, to the to Boldman over in the southwest side and going up north to Newcastle and having a beer and, and spending time over in Manchester because ah, some people are probably going to yell at me, but I'm a United fan and I got you know I like to go to the games. I love uh, English soccer, English football. Um, so the UK is one of my favorite places on the planet to visit. It's beautiful. The people are friendly. Um, the business is, is high quality when you think about the Rolls Royces, when you think about the engineering that's being done in a place like Sheffield right now. We're talking about some of the best engineering in the world. And I think it was stated before we hit record about sometimes being undervalued. But the English engineering is, to me, one of the best in the world. And I've sat in meetings with like a Phil Meacham of Hoffman where I'll sit in the meeting. I'm going... Why am I in here educating you guys? I'll take a seat. You stand up. You educate me on something because I am learning a ton. So I just want you to know 
I'll be there as soon as you guys want. I love the country, and the engineering there is amazing. You guys keep up doing a good job. Yeah, the bad news is we'll have to start early. The the, the, uh, the bars close at ten p.m. at the moment, so we may have to we may have to have an early finish and he- head in early. That's uh, good. The good news is Joe's got a season ticket at Manchester United when the when the grounds open again, Tony. So you might be in, in luck. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome to come and join me. I've got a pair. So yeah, you're welcome. Uh, welcome anytime, my friend. But uh, f- thanks for coming on, Tony. I hope everyone at home has listened to the enjoyed the podcast. Rather, if you if you do, you know it'd mean the world to us if you left a rating. Uh, do share on LinkedIn. I know Tony, you will, but. Um, Share on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, or your other channels if you uh, if you like what we do. Uh, it would mean the world to us. Tony, Geo, appreciate your time, and we'll catch up soon. Cheers, Joe. Cheers. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you guys both for having me. And anytime you want to do this again on any other topics, I'm happy to do it. So I hope you guys have a wonderful finish to your week, and hopefully those pubs uh, stay open a little later very soon, and we can get to that Manchester United game. I'm excited for that 2-1 win over PSG yesterday. <laughs> exactly that. I, uh, I, I don't want to date the podcast because uh, by the time by the time this gets out, probably everyone will be laughing, saying, yeah, but went and lost to Norwich in a couple yeah! of seconds. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's been a blast, guys. Uh, catch you soon. And thanks for, uh, thanks for everyone at home who's listened to this podcast. Uh, it means a lot. And we'll catch up soon. Take care. Cheers, Cheers Tony. Guys. Cheers, cheers, Joe. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to the MTD podcast. If you found value in this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. Find more episodes on mtdcnc.com.